When you have health insurance, it's easy to forget about your out-of-pocket costs. That can be a lot of money. But are your bills accurate? Well, it's estimated that over 50% of medical bills contain errors. HealthLock can help you. HealthLock technology securely connects with your insurance and flags any overbilling, wrong codes, and fraud. You can even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from select past bills. To date, HealthLock has helped its members save over $130 million. So to save, visit HealthLock.com today. That's HealthLock.com today. I know you're paying attention to global events as well as what's going on in our nation. War and increased conflict is bubbling up in more places. Countries are buying and hoarding massive amounts of gold. Why aren't you? It's time to pull the trigger with the Oxford Gold Group and buy gold and silver. Nobody can predict the future, but we can't put our head in the sand either. Call Oxford Gold Group right now and you may qualify for up to $10,000 in free precious metals. Call 833 833- 995 gold that's 833-995-GOLD, 833-995-G-O-L-D. Hey, it's Danielle, Will, and Ryder from Pod Meets World. Thanks to our friends at Hyundai, we were able to record a very special episode for you guys at the one and only, wait for it, Boy Meets World House. Take a listen. Are there any moments or spots on any of the sets we worked on over the seven years that you guys felt more at home that were like your little spots on the set you like to hang out? I'm afraid it was the sink. Oh, really? Yes. Oh, yeah. You had to act <laughs> by the sink a lot. lot. Yeah. I was behind the counter. Yeah. Right. Doing business constantly. Uh-huh. Mom stuff. Uh-huh. <laughs> Disciplining you <laughs> in some way. This has been brought to you by the fully electric Hyundai Ionic 5. New episode out now. You can listen wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to today's edition of the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show podcast. Welcome back in Clay Travis, Buck Sexton Show. We appreciate all of you hanging out with us. Fantastic Wednesday across the country. Encourage you to download the podcast. Make sure you don't miss a single moment. As we are speaking to you right now, Buck, I was just pulled up watching during commercial break. There is a Netflix employee protest. The uh, Tons of employees have walked out of Netflix to protest the fact, the audacity, that they would have a comedian and Dave Chappelle making jokes that might be offensive to the transgender community. And I was watching some of the protest speakers, and leave me to say this, we have got to have some of that audio for tomorrow's show because it is goldenly insane. But... We are joined now uh, by Elbridge Colby. He's the co-founder and principal of the Marathon Initiative, and formerly he was a U.S. Deputy Assistant Secretary of Defense for Strategy and Force Deployment. He's the author of The Strategy of Denial, American Defense in an Age of Great Power Conflict, which just came out last month. And Elbridge, appreciate you joining us. We want to talk to you about this situation with China right now, and I'm going to ask you the big-picture question right now as uh, as we confront a major issue in Taiwan. If China decides to invade Taiwan, what should the United States do? What do you think the United States would do? Well, first off, it's great to be on, guys. Many thanks for the invitation. Thrilled to be here. I think to get to it, the answer is yes. We should defend them. It's in our interest. It's not open and shut. But the key here is to have our military focused on it and to be ready. And we're not there right now. 
but it, Taiwan is critical for our position in Asia. And look, Asia is the world's most important market, and China is the other world superpower. If China dominates Asia, trust me, they will be using their power to change our lives at home. What would we do? I'm not sure what the Biden administration would do. They've talked a pretty big game, so that's one signal. But, I mean, at the end of the day, who knows, right? But I do think that the pressure on the Biden administration would be compelling, would probably be almost irresistible. But the issue is if China can wrap Taiwan up in a couple of days or weeks, it may be too late. So we need to be ready and prepared with the idea, ultimately, of deterring this, of avoiding, God forbid, a major war. Uh, Bridge, it's Buck. Uh, I want to know why you think China has been making such aggressive noises about Taiwan recently. I mean, what is it about this moment in time? Certainly the, the Biden administration plays a role in all this, but are there other factors, too? And, you know, how how close are we? I mean, I know there's the DEFCON scale for nuclear war, right? I mean, if we had a DEFCON scale for Taiwan, where would you put us in terms of Chinese aggression and the possibility of the Chinese Communist Party deciding that it's go time? Well, thanks, Buck. It's great to talk to you again. I mean, I think the DEFCON level should be high. And I mean, I'm not talking necessarily tomorrow, although it might be, but I think the next couple of years. But if we're going to be able to change things, then we've got to start moving dramatically right now. And the key, what are they doing? I don't exactly know. I actually do think that their best option at the end of the day is to go big, go big or go home, because they're never going to convince the people on Taiwan to live under the rule of the suppressors of Hong Kong, right? They're not going to be able to kind of hoodwink or magic trick them out of their freedom. So what they're going to do, if they're really serious about it, which I think they are, is they're going to go big and they're going to take it and they're going to dare us to come and try to reverse the, the, the trends. And given the military balance in the theater, we might not have a good option. I could see us backing down. And I mean, I think it's, it is possible, us and our allies, God forbid. Um, what are the indicators? I mean, look, they've got the will, right? I mean, Xi Jinping hasn't been shy about it. The Chinese have always said that they want to take Taiwan. Also, it's a great way to humiliate us, right? I mean, MacArthur called Taiwan the, the unsinkable aircraft carrier. It's right there in the middle of our strategic position. If Taiwan, if, if China could take Taiwan, it would be a massive blow to our credibility. And I'm not somebody who thinks that everything we do around the world is always connected, that we can't get out of any commitment to the contrary. But look, if you're Japan or the Philippines or Vietnam, you're going to be looking at Taiwan, right? Yeah, That's why should, I mean, uh, uh, Bridge, why should Americans yeah. honestly care all that much to the point of possibly even militarily defending this island that's, let's be honest, very far away and not a lot of Americans spend much time thinking about? That is the, that is the right question. It's a question that we need to answer. And it's, in fact, the question that was hanging over my book. The, the issue is, is that this is about Asia. This is about who dominates Asia and whether China dominates Asia. We're not looking to dominate Asia. We're looking to stop them from doing it. Because think of the reality. If China's in a position where everybody in Asia, 50% or more of global GDP, all the world-beating companies, all the regulation is set there, they are going to be able to do to us what, you know, what, what they're doing to the Australians or what they do to their own people. I mean, the, the, the example I think of, Buck, is we all have concerns about the social media companies, but the premise of our debate in this country is that we will be able to change it if we get the right political coalition. But if the Chinese dominate Asia, we won't have that ability. We'll have to go to Beijing and we won't have much of a chance. And Taiwan is critical to how that overall issue resolves because the people in Japan, I don't really, I, I care about the American people and their interests and I don't want to fight a major war. But at the end of the day, I don't want Americans to have to live bending the knee to, to, to the regulators or the, the Communist Party in China. We're talking to Bridge Colby, co-founder, principal of the Marathon Initiative. All right, so Buck asked a good question about why we should care about Taiwan. Here's a bigger question, too, in the result of Joe Biden being in office. How much does our weakness in Afghanistan, in your mind, 
factor into how China makes a determination upon Taiwan. In other words, is the way in which we departed Afghanistan, is the low approval rating of Joe Biden uh, for foreign affairs, does that factor into the calculus for China as they try to determine what to do with Taiwan? I mean, I think the answer is yes. I mean, I supported the withdrawal from Afghanistan. I think it was the right decision. I mean, President Trump was going in that direction. Look, we need to focus on Asia. That's the big problem. And we need to get rid of other commitments like Afghanistan. We need to reduce in Europe and elsewhere. But how you do it is critical. And it was clear that we could have done better here. I mean, we all pay more than 3% of our income to the national security state. Buck, you worked in the CIA. I mean, we we deserve better than that. And I think what, what could happen is the Chinese could assess, these guys can't tie their shoes straight. And at the end of the day, they're not going to they're not going to be ready to stand up. I mean, I think one of the things that that the Trump administration did right was in trying in some ways to, to, to reduce in the Middle East. There was also a face shot to Iran, which said, don't think that we can be toyed with. Don't think that we can be pushed around. Yes, we're, we're pulling back because we got bigger problems, but we are prepared to go to go, to go harsh. And I think that's probably the question. I think that's one thing that people really underestimate is that they a lot of people just assume that Chinese won't do that. But I mean. What about the Chinese communist leadership, especially Xi Jinping, gives people the confidence that he's not going to pull the trigger if he thinks it's going to be advantageous for him? We're speaking to Bridge Colby, who's the co-founder and principal of the Marathon Initiative. He's the author of The Strategy of, of Denial, American Defense in an Age of Great Power Conflict. What is the, I mean, to the degree you can know this, I know you work in the Trump administration at the Pentagon Bridge, but what is the Biden vision, and I mean his foreign policy team around him, what is the vision of how we should be dealing with China and how does it differ from the Trump team? Yeah, I think there was a, an article in The New York Times, a good reflection of the Biden administration thinking by David Sanger, that I think they, they are actually, I think, or at least important segments of the administration. They are trying to focus on China. But their view is that it's almost like it's kind of weird almost. It's like they talk about it. We're going to compete hard on the playing field about technology or economics or military signaling or the military buildup. But then we're going to keep that in check and we're going to cooperate on climate and so forth. And at the same time, the Biden team is like, well, it's all going to, you know, we're going to get together with our European allies and we're going to stand up in the U.N. Security Council and the G7 and NATO and what have you. And I think the fundamental problem here is that it underestimates the importance of real hard power that the Chinese have been investing in and is going to be increasingly attracted to them. So what I what I'm worried about urgently is that the, the Biden team is focusing on like this economic condition, you know, com, quote unquote, competing in international institutions like the U.N. But at the end of the day, Mao Zedong had one thing right. Power comes out of the barrel of the gun. If the Chinese can force Asia to kind of, you know, cue their line and tow their line, then it doesn't matter what happens in the WTO or the U.N. or the WHO. Right. And so this is what I'm concerned about. Uh, and it's different than the Trump administration. I think the Trump administration understood correctly. And I mean, I'm generalizing, but that we needed to go through a really confrontational period to reset, right? For 20 years, we'd had a screwed up policy of engagement that was naive. John Mearsheimer has an excellent piece on this in the current issue of foreign affairs. I'd recommend it to your audience. Um, we'd had this screwed up policy. Nobody trusted us to take a firm line against China. And the Chinese didn't believe that we would take a firm and enduring line against China. And what the Trump administration, President Trump himself did, is stood strong, poked the Chinese in the eye. But I think the long-term goal there was yes to build up a position of strength with our allies, with our military forces, et cetera. But ultimately, to be yeah, the president was right to be able to cut a deal. Now, what that deal looked like down the line, it wouldn't mean cutting our, our, our allies loose or something like that, but it would mean like we're not going to try to turn them in. You know, it's not the American people's responsibility to turn the China into democracy. We might wish for that, but that's not our job here. That's not what this is really about. This is making sure that China 
does not dominate our future because it dominates the world's largest market. What does an invasion of Taiwan look like and how rapidly would it transpire? How long would we have? I know we've got troops in Asia. How long would we have to react? How quickly would Taiwan fall? In your mind, what is the process under which a Chinese invasion would look like and what would the time frame be for American response? Well, I think it's a lot more urgent and short than than people appreciate. And part of that is because there's a presumption that China will kind of test or work its way up through what's often called the gray zone by trying to kind of con Taiwan into giving up. But I think the Chinese recognize that's not going to work. Nobody in their right mind on Taiwan wants to turn into Hong Kong, right, let alone Shenzhen or Shanghai. So if China knows that and knows Taiwan's never going to come over, their incentive actually is just to go big and resolve it quickly in what's often called a fait accompli, right? And to move as quickly as possible before the Americans have the chance to mobilize our military forces, go through our political process, et cetera, just wrap it up and create a much more difficult position. You know, fundamentally, it's usually easier to defend an island than to retake it, right? So if we have to retake Taiwan, that's terrible, terrible. Whereas defending Taiwan, that's something we can, we can do much more feasibly. So China knows that. So I think part of what they're doing, Buck, to get back to your question, is I think they're trying to desensitize us. If you look at examples of surprise in the modern world, well, they're often be- not because something came out of really nowhere, but because we kind of like discounted it. So if you look at the 1973 war, the Arabs very carefully dulled American and Israeli intelligence to, 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 in- to understand what the Arabs were about to do. And that ultimately worked quite effectively for them. The, the Israelis came out on top, fortunately, but, but it, it worked in terms of surprise. I think that's what they maybe try to do. So we could wake up one morning, and it could be a matter of a couple of days. And so what I'm really trying to do by pounding the drum is get us ahead of the problem so the Chinese understand that if they try, it's not going to work like that. They're going to fail. And if they fail, it's catastrophic for them. So we have that going for us. The book Bridge is The Strategy Colby. of Denial, American Defense in an Age of Great Power Conflict. Came out just last month. The author, Elbridge Colby. Bridge, my friend, good to have you on with us. Great to be with you guys. Thanks a lot. There's something really reassuring about revisiting old memories. Reminder of good times with family and friends. In your home, probably have a decent amount of family movies, pictures, videotapes. Problem is you don't have the movie projectors or the VHS players or maybe also the ability to look at your old slides. These aren't made and maintained anymore. You need to digitally transfer your family's memories. And to do that, you need to be working with a company called Legacy Box. They've done it now. Listen to me for 1.2 million families all over America, and they can do it for you, too. They've done it for Buck and I. We trust them. Here's what happens. They send you, Legacy Box does, one of their specially made boxes. You fill it full of videotapes, pictures, movies, whatever you want to digitally transfer and preserve forever, and you ship it back to them. They have the ability to track your package every step of the way. They ensure nothing gets lost. Once they get it, they stay in touch with you. They're down in Chattanooga, Tennessee, where my mom's family's all from. You can trust these guys. We've met with them personally, and we've trusted them with our cherished mementos. And once they have your family's memories within a couple of weeks, they'll send you all of your original documents back with a link to watch them online or a computer thumb drive or DVDs. You can look at all those family memories and share them in time for the holidays. It's an amazing gift. Start online at LegacyBox.com slash Clay. Let me trust you to tell me what you need to do. Great gift. LegacyBox.com slash Clay. That'll save you 40% off 
their current pricing. Check it out for yourself. Legacybox.com slash Clay. That's the website. Do what Buck and I did. Preserve your family's memories today at Legacybox.com slash Clay. Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S., That's over 15 million people by the end of this year, equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats, even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at lifelock.com slash news. That's lifelock.com slash news to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here. Nowadays, 20 bucks barely gets you a burger and fries or maybe a quarter tank of gas. You know what it will get you, though? For $20 a month, you can get unlimited talk, text, and plenty of 5G data from my cell phone company, Pure Talk. You'll get the same quality of service as AT&T, Verizon, or T-Mobile, but for half the cost, the average size family saves almost $1,000 a year, all with no contracts and no activation fees. You can keep your cell phone number and your phone or get great deals on the latest iPhones and Androids. Make the switch today and save an additional 50% off your first month. Choose a wireless company who shares our values, who supports our military and veterans, creates American jobs, and refuses to advertise on fake news networks. Go to puretalk.com slash buck to switch today so you can actually afford that burger and fries. That's puretalk.com slash buck. The number one fantasy sports app in America is Prize Picks. It's the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Five million members already active on Prize Picks. If you've not yet downloaded Prize Picks, do it today. Unlike other apps on prize picks, it's just you against the number. It's about the players and not the teams. You look for the sports you know best and that you follow the most. Then you make a single decision on each player projection, more or less. Every time you play, you pick two to six players and make that one decision. You can win up to 100 times your money on prize picks with as little as four picks. More player action on prize picks now than ever, and it's the best way to get action on sports in more than 30 states now. Prize picks also gives you injury insurance so your picks stay in play even if one of your players gets injured. Download the free prize picks app and open your account. Use my name, Clay, for a first deposit match up to $100. Download the prize picks app. Use promo code CLAY, that's C-L-A-Y, to get set up and get a deposit match up to $100. Pick more, pick less. It's that easy. Welcome back to the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show. Hope you enjoyed our conversation just now with Bridge Colby, a guy I've known actually a very long time. Really, really bright guy. Good book out on U.S. foreign policy strategy. But what is the argument in favor of a U.S. intervention on behalf of Taiwan, all that stuff. If you missed it, go check out the podcast. 
Uh, if you're joining us right now, you can always, any part of the show you missed, the first hour, the second hour, we put up the podcast of the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show by hour. Please do check it out there. Also, go to clayandbuck.com, our website, for stories that we're talking about, more reading, show prep, and you can even become an EIB 24-7 subscriber for special videos and other cool stuff. All right. Clay, this is interesting at Netflix. Yes. I mean, we, we can start out every segment with, this is interesting, because yeah. obviously that's why we're telling people about it, but... Dave Chappelle's. I'm going to say this, and I don't want to get into a you know cultural critic thing here, but this was not his best. I'm just going to say this is not his funniest. End. It was okay. There were some funny moments. There were some kind of meh moments, but he had long a long commentary about the trans community specifically. So it's within the LGBTQ plus world, but the trans community, and there there are a lot of people on the left and from the L, the LGBTQ plus plus community and the trans community that are very angry about this. And there's now a Netflix employee walkout underway today in Los Angeles because they say that it was Dave Chappelle's uh, comments were transphobic and that it it is um <clears throat> putting people in danger and the employee demand they've released a list of demands which oh, of course just whatever. like all uh right, all, all hostage all, situations. All terrorists right they're, they're releasing a list of demands they want three areas content investment employee relations and safety and harm reduction they want more investing in trans and non-binary talent and content along with involving more input from marginalized communities around potentially harmful content at netflix Netflix is woke. It will not go broke, but they got a problem on their hands. Ted Sarandos, who is one of the co-chief executive officers of Netflix, came out and apologized for not being sensitive enough in his initial comments about the Dave Chappelle special. And here's why I think this matters. You might be out there. You might say, hey, I don't care about Netflix comedians. It matters because as who gets canceled changes. The overall power of cancel culture declines because it starts to feed on itself. This is what happens with all revolutions. Eventually, they end up guillotining their true believers. Remember, Robespierre got guillotined during the French Revolution because the purity contest starts to pit ideologues against each other. And Trump was, in their mind, of the woke universe, the great Satan who they could ally against. Without Trump, they don't have any easy foil, and so they're starting to turn internal. So, Buck, if they cancel a black comedian because his jokes are not considered to be acceptable, a lot of black people who are fans of Dave Chappelle and white and Asian and Hispanic fans, too, are going to say, wait a moment, they're starting to turn on what would otherwise be a member of their coalition. Can I tell you where I see this going? This is going to turn into Netflix will make concessions to the trans demands i didn't mean for that to rhyme but it did yeah the trans demands here and that will be the way they they'll say oh well we'll address we'll address the concern but they're not pulling down the Chappelle special they're not going to pull it off their streaming service it's not going to happen because you have as you point out a very successful black comedian and there there are sensitivities on the left around what that would mean as well. Yes. So he's I don't think he's going to get canceled nor will his special, but you will see a whole lot more, you know, Netflix specials and series, scripted series about, you know, non-binary characters, etc. We're pet lovers here on this program. During the height of the pandemic, pets were a constant companion. I took my parents' French bulldog Tallulah for the entirety of the pandemic uh, for the first year of it, I should say. 
And it was incredible, but I wanted her to be as healthy as possible. That's why we feed her rough greens now. Remember, dog food is dead food. There's no live nutrients in it, and dogs need live nutrition just like we do. Rough Greens is not a dog food. It's a supplement you add into your dog's food, and it makes your dog healthier and just feeling better all around. The folks at Rough Greens are so confident your dog is going to love Rough Greens, they have a special deal for listeners of this show. Just go to roughgreens.com slash buck. That's R-U-F-F, roughgreens.com slash buck. They'll give you the first bag free. All you pay is shipping. That's roughgreens.com slash buck. Welcome back in. Clay Travis, Buck Sexton Show. Encourage you to go download the podcast. Make sure you are enjoying uh, every single minute of the show. You can check it out by hour. You're driving around. You're busy. You hear us talking about a topic. We may have talked about it in greater detail. You can see the subject matter of each hour. You can make a decision that's best for you and your time. Go subscribe. Clay Travis, Buck Sexton. Also, we have got a new documentary about SEC football. We've talked about the fact that I'm on a bus tour this fall. Fox Nation, which is pretty cool, behind the paywall. Uh, if you're a big Fox News fan, Fox Nation is their streaming service with a lot of additional. You can get additional Tucker Carlson show. Uh, all sorts of cool stuff behind the paywall there. If you use the code OUTKICK, you get it for free for 30 days to check out, and you'll be able to watch our new college football documentary, which is kind of behind the scenes. Why does college football matter so much to Southerners? What's it like for big games? Buck came to one of those big games, Ole Miss, Alabama, down in Tuscaloosa. Go to foxnation.com, put in the code OUTKICK, 30 days free. You can check out everything behind that paywall and see whether or not you like the content, and you'll be able to see that new documentary on SEC football starring me and featuring some appearances by... Buck Sexton. Woohoo! So, I'm in That should be fun. All right. Now, uh, that is out there. News breaking in the last hour. We got some budget reconciliation drama. Oh, boy. Fireworks. This is from Mother Jones' uh, website that Joe Manchin has told Democrats that he is considering leaving the party and has an exit plan in place. Now, Manchin is saying this in the context of negotiation that is ongoing about exactly how much this budget is going to cost. According to this article, he has let the White House know that he will not support any higher than $1.75 trillion in the budget. That's still a lot of money, but it's half of the reported price tag that Democrats wanted. And he has said 175 is his top number and that if the Democrats reject it, here's what he would do. This is according to Mother Jones. Now, Manchin has come out and denied it. Manchin says he would send a letter to Chuck Schumer announcing that he was pulling himself out of Democratic leadership in the Senate. If that did not get his results after another week, he would change his voter registration from Democrat to Independent. The question then would be whether or not Manchin would caucus with the Democrats or the Republicans. It's worth mentioning, Sunday New York Times had a big article saying that Kirsten Cinema from Arizona, who is also among the most moderate of the Democrats, has also contemplated in some way being an Independent and that maybe that would be a better fit for her. So... 
Buck, when you see this story, and obviously we saw, was it Jim Jeffords, I think, who switched his party affiliation and changed the uh, the overall makeup of the Senate back in the day. He flipped from Republicans to Democrats, right, and became an independent but caucused with Democrats and changed the control of that chamber. Do you buy into the idea that Manchin potentially could become an independent and leave the Democratic Party, or is this just a negotiating point? It feels so hard to separate the leverage that he gets, even from this flow. Of course, he denies it. Oh, no, no, no. He denies yeah. it right away, right? But This is a pretty we, detailed we, article, right. so supposedly breaking down his decision-making. The, the the Democrat Party is a, a party of progressive authoritarians. I mean, that's really the truth. Yes. I mean, I, I throw around the term commie sometimes. That's their more revolutionary vanguard. That's more the squad at AOC. And, you know, there's a, there's a communist vibe that comes from some of the more, uh, more extreme Democrats these days. Uh, and I think it's filtering into their policies. But does Joe Manchin really have a home in today's Democrat no. party? When you look at it, it actually would make sense for him to be an independent given these realities. Also, the fact that, I mean, West Virginia is a quite red state and that the that he, reddest state supporting trump in 2020 oh wow i thought states. it was wyoming wow it's west virginia i yeah. think it was west virginia so we'll um, get a fact check on that during the commercial break but i mean but it's very monstrous. red is the point point. Yes. and so you've got this democrat senator from a very very red state and remember you know he was a very important vote just a few years ago when it came to or you know very important voice and vote for confirmation when it came to brett kavanaugh and that yes. situation right and he realized West Virginia did not believe the Kavanaugh smears as a state that the people of West Virginia. So that was a wise move and the right move for him. Here's the problem I think the Democrats have. They put forward this 3.5 trillion. And remember, it's it's really more than that. I mean, when people actually look at the numbers, it's 3.5 trillion plus a trillion in infrastructure. So when you look at the total spending package, it was massive. Yes. And to put this in perspective, the Obama administration uh, the Obama administration spending spree that ignited the Tea Party, when you're looking at the stimulus package, it was about a trillion dollars for yes. the stimulus package. So we're now looking at $3.5 trillion, which is completely just blowout spending with rising inflation. And, they, and the Democrats keep going, oh, wow, inflation's a little worse than I thought. <laughs> Why is inflation going up? It's so It's like, this is math because you're putting so much money into the economy. You're, you're, you're putting pressure on the currency. But I think that they're going to have a tough time convincing Democrats, even if Manchin gets his way here, that what they've passed is really enough and shows that the Biden agenda is real, because I think they overshot with the initial price tag. So there will be a letdown, even if the one point seven trillion Manchin's holding out for becomes the final number. And as for Manchin switching parties or not, I think a lot of it is going to be determined by how this actual debate and and this uh political wrangling turns out for him but i it doesn't strike me as implausible at all here's the way that i would look at it if manchin wants to remain in the senate in the years ahead he was elected and re-elected in 18 he's going to be up for re-election in 24 i don't see any way possible that in 2024 he wins given how much the senate has become a national referendum particularly given how important his seat is. So I wonder whether you tell me what you think about from from a mansion perspective. If he flips and decides to run as an independent instead of a Democrat right before 2024, politically he's going to get attacked as being a turncoat who only cares about his reelection. If he changes parties, 
several years in advance of 2024, he can say, hey, I wanted to be representing the people of West Virginia the best way that I could. And even though I was elected as a Democrat, I decided to become an independent. So I'm not now changing my colors just to get reelected. Does that make sense? He can say what is true, I think, of a lot of Democrats. The Democratic Party left me. I didn't leave the Democratic Party. And in order to best represent West Virginia, I needed to become an independent. I think that's a compelling political argument. I think it's easier to make now than it would be as a prelude to running in 2024 when everybody would just say, oh, it's awfully convenient. You did the Democrat bidding. And then as soon as you might face the consequences, you now try to change your party affiliation. I think if he's going to do it for 2024, he has to do it now. And if he's not going to do it, I think he's basically saying, I'm out. I'm not going to try to win re-election in 24. And in the meantime, we have the fate of the Biden agenda hanging Hanging in the balance balance. because there is nothing. I mean, those executive orders that Biden signed in the very beginning, things like stopping the Keystone XL pipeline. Oh, that's great. Just remember that, everybody. Every time you go to put gas in your car, the Biden administration approach in general to energy because they'll say, oh, but the Keystone wasn't. Yeah, whatever. The approach in general when it comes to leasing on federal land, when it comes to hydrocarbon as a general, they've taken the let's make it as hard as possible and expensive as possible for you to heat your home and have gas for your car. Uh, but you look at the early Biden administration executive orders. That's not that doesn't cut it. What does cut it? We haven't beaten covid. The economy looks like it's I mean, we keep talking about this, how it's just not a good year for Joe Biden. If they don't get the massive spending package through anywhere near even what they said they would. And we're talking about cutting it in half. That's going to be a tough sell. I mean, maybe it's funny. It's a tough sell because of the expectations they set up, Clay. But then by the same token, as I said, it's double almost what the Obama spending package was. And we thought that was crazy. So it's all right, everybody. Don't worry about it. You know, your, your savings will just keep disappearing. Smoke them if you got them. Clay and I will be here for you as the Democrat commies ruin the economy that we have. So that's what we got. It's what we got. And in the meantime, we got to tell you about the Tunnel to Towers Foundation. They come every day hoping to do good deeds for men and women across the country. They pay attention to our first responders and our troops and their families. And they've done remarkable things this year. In fact, there's even more remarkable uh, outcomes from them. By New Year's Eve, they'll have gifted 200 mortgage-free homes to America's heroes and their families. And earlier this summer... They led all of us in remembering the first responders who sacrificed their lives on 9-11 in the days and months afterward. And we've got Veterans Day coming up. And, Buck, they can make a tremendous difference for everybody out there as we get closer and closer to Veterans Day. Help Tunnel to Towers do good. Donate $11 a month at T2T.org. Again, it's just $11 a month at T2T.org. Nowadays, 20 bucks barely gets you a burger and fries or maybe a quarter tank of gas. You know what it will get you, though? For $20 a month, you can get unlimited talk, text, and plenty of 5G data from my cell phone company, Pure Talk. You'll get the same quality of service as AT&T, Verizon, or T-Mobile, but for half the cost. The average size family saves almost $1,000 a year, all with no contracts and no activation fees. You can keep your cell phone number and your phone or get great deals on the latest iPhones and Androids. Make the switch today and save an additional 50% off your first month. Choose a wireless company who shares our values, who supports our military and veterans, creates American jobs, 
and refuses to advertise on fake news networks. Go to puretalk.com slash buck to switch today so you can actually afford that burger and fries. That's puretalk.com slash buck. Why are people still on the fence about owning gold and silver? I just don't understand. Have we already forgotten about regional bank closures, inflation, global instability, and the potential for serious world conflicts? You can look to precious metals for various reasons. One, having tangible currency on hand as part of your bug-out plan. Two, diversifying your portfolio as a hedge against inflation. And three, historically, gold increases in value over time. You keep yourself informed about global events. You see the increase in conflicts around the globe. Countries are buying and hoarding massive amounts of gold. Why aren't you? It's time to pull the trigger with the Oxford Gold Group and buy gold and silver. Nobody can predict the future, but we can't put our head in the sand either. The people with Oxford Gold Group are real pros. They make owning gold and silver simple and easy to understand. Call Oxford Gold Group right now and you may qualify for up to $10,000 in free precious metals. Call 833-995-GOLD. That's 833-995-GOLD. One more time, 833-995-G-O-L-D. As someone who served our country in the intelligence community, I appreciate companies that back our nation's service community. One company that does it best is GovX. If you've got a military, first responder, emergency medical, or government service background, GovX.com is for you. GovX offers unbeatable discounts from thousands of trusted brands, sports and entertainment tickets, travel deals, the list goes on. GovX.com is a one-stop shop for the things you love. GovX also donates a portion of every single order to nonprofits that serve the military and first responder communities. When you shop on GovX.com, your orders make a meaningful impact. See if you qualify. Visit GovX.com. That's GovX.com and join a community of more than eight and a half million patriots and pros. It's fast, easy, and free to join. Use my name, Buck, as your promo code in the shopping cart to get an extra $15 off your first order. GovX, savings for those who serve. Closing up shop here today on the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton show. But we appreciate so much you spending the time with us. Thank you for being here. And if you missed any part of it, Please go to uh, wherever you get your podcast. The iHeart app is my personal favorite. You can listen to Clay Travis and Buck Sexton show there any time you like. And we also have social media accounts. I get Facebook messages from you during the show. Sometimes I'll say people write me and you're writing me in real time. Clay and I check our Twitter, our Facebook during the show. I'm Buck Sexton on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram. If you want to see Tallulah photos, a lot of Tallulah photos. And you got Clay Travis on Twitter on Instagram as well. Clay, where are the cat photos, my man? We haven't had many cat photos lately. Uh, well, first of all, Allie and my wife, our producer, Allie, text back and forth, I think, cat photos. These cats are destroying my house. Uh, they just tear things apart. My wife is furious when the boys break anything in the house. And you can imagine with three young boys, there's always wrestling and things getting broken. The cats destroy everything and they get away with it. Zero responsibility at all. So uh, there is tension now in the house over that uh, over that interaction. Do you put little cat costumes on the cats? Like, does your wife go to that? You know, is one of your oh, cats a great... in a little Spider-Man costume or a little Fauci lab coat? That cat I wouldn't like. <laughs> I don't think she's done that uh, because the last Halloween party last year, we had an issue with the cats. Oh, the cats can't go outside, right? And But there's tons of people going in and out. 
So the cats escaped, and we weren't sure where they were. It was a major calamity in the house every time the cats disappear. So far, they haven't gotten out. Uh, so I think the cats are going to be locked up uh, so that they can't interact around Halloween. I don't think they'll be in uh, in in uh, in costumes at all. Do you have a favorite, by the way? Like, are you allowed to pick among no. your cats? Or do you I'm, love I'm your anti- cats equally? I am anti-cat. Like, uh, on you, the... Uh, I would not have had cats. Yes. Clay, Travis, Mediaite's going to take that one, in buddy. The house. Like a lot of people out there during this whole COVID mess, we added family cats because my kids and my wife advocated for it, and I get outvoted four to one on the cat front. So I had I would have no cats in the house if it were my choice. Man, all these all these people that thought you were their you were their brother in in cat ownership. No, and now you're 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 telling us you're all you're a dog guy. Well, not only that, we got the Bengal cats, which are hypoallergenic, so they don't give uh, have create major hal- uh, allergy issues. The cats cost me like a thousand dollars each. I mean, this I, I I was in disbelief. I think there's inflation in cat prices and dog prices because everybody's trying to buy them all right now. This is why I can't stop working, Buck, because my family spends money like drunken sailors. I, I've said this a lot. I wish I could come back as either my wife or one of my sons for a second life because I'm out here working 20 hours a day and they get all of the benefits and none of the stress. It's an amazing life to be a Travis boy uh, or my wife would probably say it's an awful experience to be married to me for almost 20 years, but I think they got pretty good lives. Now let's take a turn for a moment here toward... Uh, but just one one quick thing, Clay. You know, when I asked about English Bulldog and French Bulldog breeders on air, because I actually had a I'd put in a kind of request for a friend of mine who was breeding his Frenchie. Turned out the Frenchie only had one. So I, I then they kept the one. But I was yes. going to have a Frenchie as of this fall. That was the idea. Um, but I got so it's amazing. I say to this audience, you know, hey, guys, I need to know what the what the special, you know, the little screw that goes in the back of the Blackhawk rotor is. And you'll get 50 guys who are like, oh, I'm a Blackhawk mechanic, you know, 117th, yeah. 117th aviation, uh, you know, right away. And with the dog breeders, I was inundated with people who are like, I've got Frenchies, I've got Bullocks. It was so nice. I appreciate that. And I am going to be getting this spring. I got I got to put a marker down, man. I'm, what does the bulldog cost? Did you look at the pricing? Bulldogs are really expensive. Like, well, I have no idea. Like, I mean, what does a, a bulldog French cost? bull. So French bulldogs, because they are French, yes. they cost a whole lot of money. I mean, they if you were to buy one from a standard breeder, they're usually about four thousand dollars. Oh, my God. Yeah. And and actually thousand dollars. This is I mean, remember Lady Gaga? Someone stole her two Frenchies. I mean, there's like a it's a, so the French bulldog is the most expensive in the bulldog family. Yes. Is that accurate? Yeah. What English. Makes the, what, what is the French bulldog versus another brand? How I, mean, I think the English bulldog, you probably pick one up for about. And again, these are city prices. They're people who are like, "Buck, I live in Nebraska. We we'll give you a dog for three hundred bucks, right?" But yeah, or or for free or whatever. But you know, the the city prices on this, meaning if you go to a breeder within a driving distance, not just of New York, but New York, Dallas, Los Angeles, places like you know Houston, places like big that, cities, big cities. You're gonna you're looking at probably a couple of grand for an English bulldog and four grand for a Frenchie, but. The blue Frenchie breed, or rather, blue Frenchie type, not breed. The blue Frenchies can go for clay. There's a guy in my building who told me he paid $10,000 for his French bulldog. And that French bulldog, I'm telling you, looks at me all the time and is like, get out of my way, peasant. (laughs) You know? That is a fancy... $10,000 for a dog. I just want to know how he got the little blue Frenchie to walk around with a beret and a little cane that he hits... 
the peasants like me with whenever I get in the way. And a little monocle, too. You know, so ten thousand. I mean, I, I I knew it was going to be expensive, but I don't feel as bad paying as much for these cats as I did now. I, I, I so there you go, man. See, a thousand probably a thousand dollars for a cat. Like, I don't feel like that's that's that crazy. Although you probably could have just gone into an alleyway somewhere in Nashville and well, picked certainly one up. there are lots, but they wouldn't be hypoallergenic. We've got two brothers that are destroying the house. I'm uh, I'm ready to put and them I, up. I for think I've given you a great idea too. I think Mrs. Travis, you guys should get little costumes for the cats. <laughs> I hope she's not <laughs> listening because little, that definitely I, she's probably thought of it already. Oh my gosh, are you kidding me? She's probably already ordered. ready to go. She's laughing at us right now. She's got little cat costumes for the for the kitties. Uh, we were going to talk about uh, Jen Psaki making we'll fun talk of about a legitimate that question, we but you know, we'll get to that tomorrow. Some, sometimes we got to talk about cats and dogs living together. Mass hysteria, folks. Mass hysteria in your hometown of New York City where the Thomas Jefferson statue came down. They used to be the town of the Ghostbusters. The oh, quote man. you just gave us. I know, Such a good time. New York. New York, don't worry. For my New York listeners out there, the Clay and Buck Show, we're here for you. You know, we're things are a little crazy here. We're here for you, but we're here for you in... Los Angeles, Miami, Tampa, Portland, Houston, Houston Omaha, Nashville. You name a city we're we'll there. be here a long time if we tell all the cities across the country we're yes. here for you. So we appreciate you listening in and uh, spending some time with us. Um, and we'll be back tomorrow. We're going to have more on the board. We hopefully have a couple of fantastic guests in the pipeline for you in the next day or two. We'll see who's going to be joining us. And Clay... There we go, man. We we did it. We did it again. Another one. Please follow us on social. Send me a Facebook message. Send Clay a tweet. Tell us what you think. You're listening to Clay Travis and Buck Sexton on the EIB Network. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. The stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie. Because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to More Than a Movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts.